Hi, welcome to The Authentic Existence with Katie and Lori. Computer. Hey, y'all, welcome back. Sorry, you know, we're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Nor are we trying to be. Why don't you shove your mic in your face so we can hear Oh, it? yeah. That'd I knew be... I was missing something. See what I'm saying? I can't. <laughs> okay, so today we are going to be talking about unconventional relationship types, connection, and safety in them. Um, and so, hold on just a second. Here's this all 50 things I'm doing. Okay. So, we all are aware of a monogamous relationship. Right? Yeah. Most people understand a monogamous relationship is one person, one person together, no other people. Um, and so, while I was preparing for today's episode, I looked up some information and got some stuff to talk to you about. <laughs> so, romantic relationships can take various forms and there are several unconventional types that exist beyond the traditional monogamous model. These unconventional relationships often often involve alternative structures, agreements, or dynamics that differ from the societal norm. Here are a few examples. Before I go into those, um, well, never mind, that might be too personal for you. I was going to say, have you ever been in a, uh, you know, so maybe we won't go there yet. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if any of y'all follow me on TikTok, but I made a TikTok the other day about um, what it's like being single right now in yeah. the world, the social media world. And I said, you know, one minute you're getting stood up and the next you're being invited to a polyamorous relationship, which really did happen. I was like, oh no, I'm, you know, I'm not really that's not for me but I didn't even really fully understand what it was so I had to like go and google and really dig into it and so polyamory which polyamorous and polyamory is different polyamory and polyamorous well, so, okay. Well, let me see. Polyamory involves engaging in multiple consensual, romantic, or emotional relationships simultaneously. Okay. Individuals in polyamorous relationships openly and ethically form connections with multiple partners with the knowledge and consent of all involved parties. But is that not when they all get married? What is it when everyone has a wife? I mean, when one man has, like, five wives. That's polygamy. Polygamy. Okay. <laughs> see, I know it was different. Okay, hold on. Because that's... That's a different one, too. Yeah, that is a different one. Which is actually not on this list. Which is crazy, huh? Maybe because it's not as... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it wouldn't be on the list. Katie, I fear that you have muted yourself on your Facebook Live. On my, I did. On my end, it shows the mute symbol. No, I did mute okay. it. Okay. But they should be able to hear me through your phone. Okay, just Which is it. what I think we figured out last time. All right. Sorry. So, tell me more about that. Okay, well, I want to look up, because I don't have any... Polygamy? Yeah, I don't have okay. any polygamy. Um, okay, so the practice or custom of having more than one wife or husband at the same time. A pattern... Oh, no, that's something different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the polygamy is having one husband... Oh, having more than one wife or, hu or husband... Which is pretty standard, or not standard, I would say it's more normalized for one husband to have multiple wives than for one woman to have multiple husbands. Yes. But I have seen it happen. I have seen it as well. I mean, not in real life. No, no not in real life. But yeah. Yeah, someone's On the social medias. Yes. <laughs> okay. So we have that. 
Um, and then open relationships. And open relationships are characterized by an agreement between partners that allows for sexual or romantic interactions with individuals outside the primary partnership. These relationships can take various forms from occasional casual encounters to more serious and ongoing connections. Those are like your pineapple people who are swingers and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I guess. Let Hold on, because swingers is not on my list either. Dang. I know. I think that's probably what people perceive to be the most common mm-hmm. unconventional relationship would be like the polyamory and mm-hmm. swingers. I had no idea about polyamory until like the last four years, I guess. Yeah. Like it just wasn't. I was very tunnel vision on monogamous relationships and I don't need to know anything about right. the other ones because that's not for me. And although it may not be for me, I'm still interested in it. Yeah. Um, understanding it. Right. And, and saying, oh, okay. It may not be for me, but if right. it's for you, hey, go have fun. Yeah, and how can we best support friends or people that we know who, yeah. are, you know, want to be in those kind of relationships or um, are in those kind of relationships? Yeah, I think that's a responsible Okay, so thing. swingers aren't necessarily open relationships. It's more about a person who engages in group things or swapping of partners. Yeah. The swapping of partners is different than just being in an open relationship where I can go out and I can meet someone by myself. Like, if, if I'm in a relationship okay. and you and I go hang out, I can talk to whoever I want as if I'm single. Yeah. If I'm a swinger, you and I are the ones in a relationship and we're going, okay, yeah, let's pick that couple. Okay. See, I... I, I, have, I was so I'm naive to it all. I was on vacation once with my... Uh, with a, a partner and... This couple was being very friendly to us, and I was like, oh, they're so nice. Like, maybe. And, like, after 30 minutes to an hour, they leave, and he's like, they were trying to get with us. Yeah. And I was like, what? No. And he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's definitely what that was. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. See? So I am super. What? Yeah. You were naive to that. I'm they're just kind. They're, yeah. they're really nice. Yes. I feel like that a lot of times, though. I think people think that about me. Really? I think that people misread my kindness as like a flirting thing mm-hmm. and then it becomes something that it shouldn't be at all because then I'm like, no, I was just being nice. I, I saw I a meme the other day being said, nice all the time. I don't need to be engaged that way, but I'm, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to start off nice at the game. Right. So some people perceive that as flirting. This meme I saw the other day, it said, if you think I'm flirting with you, I'm just being kind. Right. If I'm making you uncomfortable yes. and awkward, <laughs> then I'm probably trying to flirt with you. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. Yes. I th- and I, I mean, I'll, I'll, we tell the story all the time, but my, my current partner, how I was introduced, how I introduced myself to him um, was I was like, hey, so your website looks kind of poo-poo, and I'd like to help you fix it up. And he was like, damn, why are you Gina? coming over here and just, like, starting off on the wrong foot? Like, I'm like, no, but I want you to be like, it's, it's, it's helpful. helpful. I'm being helpful. And he's like, no. You are being a jerk. Not and constructive criticism. No, it just wasn't. He wasn't ready. And I didn't ask him. Right. Hey, how do you feel about right. Yeah, I didn't do any of the right things. I mean, obviously, I probably had one too many libations. And that means now I can say whatever I want. Not responsibly. Um, but yeah, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> and actually, I did end up making all the corrections that I said I was going to do. And I ended up doing all the things that I offered him at first. And then some. <laughs> <laughs> and then some. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get back to, all right, we were on open relationships. Now, relationship anarchy, which I've never yeah, heard. Yeah, that sounds like 
painful. I know. Um, so this is a relationship anarchy challenges traditional relationship hierarchies and emphasizes individual autonomy and freedom. In this approach, there are no predefined rules or expectations of each connection, which is why it's called anarchy. Yeah. It's given space. Each connection is given space to evolve organically based on the desires and needs of the individuals involved. Okay. All right. So it's kind of like when you're single and you can't call them yours yet, but. So I I see, I have some, I want to break that apart a little bit. And that's why it is. Anarchy. Anarchy. Because, you know, part of being in a relationship with someone that you obviously feel safe with and trust and have a connection with, having an understanding of expectations and boundaries is is part of that. Right. So to have a relationship that is void of those things, it, that's confusing to me. But I mean, hey, if that's what you want to do, then do it. I would think that's more like a relationship of convenience. You know, where you're like, look, you do you, I'm going to do me, but we're going to be in this together while we... I mean, the definition of anarchy is a state of disorder due to absence or non-recognition of authority or controlling systems. Perfect. So, really, it just means, I guess, that, like, we just do what we're comfortable with until we're uncomfortable with it, and then we're like, this doesn't work. And that's the thing where you have this expectation, like, what's the boundary? But you don't have an expectation. There is no boundary. There are no rules. Ooh. That doesn't sound like a relationship at all. That sounds like a test. I feel like that sounds like what dating is. Yeah. In the beginning phase. Yeah. Like first, second date, right? Because like you're not committed to each other. When, when do you think typical commitment? Okay, we've spent enough time. I think, I think, that's, something, I think that's something you discuss when you have that like, you know, that natural evolution of the relationship. We're like, okay, then this person's calling you like, this is my girlfriend or this is my whoever. Or, like they're specific about it. I think you have that conversation. Right. As so I would say that from between that conversation and when you first meet... Is, is a relationship, relationship. <laughs> yeah because you're in relation with someone right sure. you're spending time with them you're creating you a connection. have a connection yep and you know you have relationship with any individual that you're knowing right, right? and so yeah i think that I would not want to be in a long relation dating sucks okay like <laughs> i don't like the the in between time Listen, it has sucked. Dating has sucked. You're claiming um, that now. With the, with the, she's laughing. She's laughing. <laughs> My daughter's here. Um, it has sucked with the approach that I have had in the mm-hmm. past, which is why I'm opening my mind and you know opening up to relationship anarchy. But I couldn't imagine being in that space with someone. For a long period no. of time. Like, no. Like, not me. My personality couldn't do it. Some people probably could and they like it. But also that that makes me ask, what makes you like that? Yeah. Chaos. I agree. What That's because that's that comfort in chaos mm-hmm. that you are just so brought up into chaos that right. you think that that's how normal, yeah, just how just relationships normal. are. Yeah. Or that that's comfortable to you. Mm-hmm. Even though it's d- uncomfortable. Right. It's discomfort. But you're like, no, I'm comfortable with this amount of discomfort. Discomfort, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that that's why a lot of people stay in toxic or bad relationships for so long. Because, like, it's not necessarily good, but it's just what you're used to. Yeah. And you're like, we already have all this life together. Why why would we want to switch it up now? Okay, I'm going to pause and take a break so that we don't go over our um, podcast time. 
Okay, we're back. All right, let's see the next relationship. Okay, this was a little oh, more standard. Okay. A long-distance relationship. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty conventional. Right, long-distance relationships occur when partners are geographically separated and have limited physical proximity. These relationships often require extra effort, communication, and trust to maintain a strong emotional connection. I agree. Yeah, there's not really much to say to that. No, and I don't think that that's unconventional as some of the others we've, we've covered already. Yeah, I think that that's a more... I think that's just like a, a symptom of a situation. Yeah, like you know, career, like, your job. Right, so you're in the Army or you're um, you're being moved for whatever your position is and your right. partner can't go, so they have to stay behind or whatever, y'all would travel to one another and make that work. I think that, that, I think that that one is probably takes the most amount of effort. Because you don't have that much physical connection, because you're separate, so you have to make sure that the emotional yeah and trust and trust and trust has got to be firm. I mean, listen, you can do some dirt down the street. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be that you're in a long distance relationship to do that. But I right. think I think that is exacerbated. It will probably the, the exacerbate it because the loneliness and like yeah. the physical companionship. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't. I personally. I was against that. I was like, no way, I'm not doing that. But the more I explore and the more people I meet and I, I realize, you know, I don't get along, not that I don't get along with a lot of people from New Orleans, but I feel like I jive better with people who are not from the South. <laughs> well, I think it's probably, you know, it's healthy to want to look outside of what you are so used to yeah. seeing. That used so, to be like a strict no way Jose is not going to happen. Right. Now, and like, to mm, just be like, well, depends. maybe that's okay. Like, they might have a place that you can evacuate to. Right. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> okay. And then, so this one is a little bit um, different and new. It is non-living together married people. Dude, so I have seen this a lot on the talk. Yeah. Okay, where my sister brought it up and was separate telling bedrooms. And this, but look, no, no, no. This, this is people. I know. In a I know. Home. Oh, I know. But it reminds me of that. So, but I remember my grandparents had separate bedrooms because yeah. my grandma was like, "Dude, you snore. You snore so right. loud, it disrupts my sleep. If I don't sleep well, then I can't do all the things that I." But need do to they do. always have that, or was that just like later on in their age? Because like there's like thirty year olds. Right? I only, like, yeah, you live over there. I only knew them when they were old people. Right. But I don't know what year that started. But I mean, even still, it made sense to me. Like you got your own closet, you got your own closet, you got yeah, your bedroom, you got your space. Sheets. You got sometimes you we have sleepovers. Yeah, right. <laughs> so like she had a queen size, a king size bed. He had the queen size bed. She was never going to get in his bed. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I mean, she did because she had kids. Well, I, I, I think that was, <laughs> she was there. They, so I think that's probably when they had the share bed. But dude, I understand this to a degree. I think that it's not feasible in my own construct because my perspective is that's another house note or some other rent. Look at how that is. Or like homeowners insurance, like that's all kind of extra bills. Yeah. That we did would not have to pay yeah. if we just. You're like, one of, one of the really big pluses yeah. of being in a relationship is the shared home right. costs. Right. For and me. Yeah. Okay. Like I'd do it, but. Right. Like that's two electric bills, two gas, whatever. But you're that's paying that bills. before, anyways. I have my own house. I think that and my person has his own space. Right. right. But that's what I'm saying. So it's like you. But we're not married. Right. Yeah. So it really, I guess it, it all boils down to the people. For sure. Because if you're two introverts, yeah. then you're like, I 
kind of like hanging out with you, but sometimes I still need to go home right. and have some downtime. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if I, I think the only way that I would be okay with doing that is if it was long distance. Right, like one was on the East Coast and one was on the West Coast. Yeah, like, but then even, like, even with that, like how long is long distance? Is that long term long distance? Like, yo. I think that's a discussion that yeah. you and your partner have to have and say this is the expectation. Like, I, you know, we expect Short to term we're doing this, but right. if, if we move forward then, yeah. No, and you're right. That's where communication Thus. comes in. <laughs> okay. Now there is asexual or aromatic relationships aromatic is like when something smells good so explain that one to me maybe eight no i said that wrong <laughs> it's actually aromantic oh okay. so like asexual right. aromantic so non-sexual non-romantic individuals may engage in unconventional romantic What's relationships that, that prioritize emotional intimacy and companionship over sexual or romantic attraction. I want to know how they do that. Well, I think too when I, when initially when I think about this, it's like maybe if someone has a different ability, let's say they're wheelchair bound or something has happened and they're not able to have physical intimacy in the way that they would like to. But they have... They still have the need for human connection and companionship. Yeah. Yeah. And if it was two people like that uh, yeah who were both differently able then that some of them might not ever have that kind of intimacy, yeah but they can be in love with no that's definitely an that's a whole different perspective right. that didn't automatically come into my brain yeah um and I, I mean i do know that there are you know able-bodied yeah is that the proper way to say sure. it asexual people yes who are like you know i don't have the want yeah, for this wanna. yeah doesn't it doesn't do that for me yeah like they just don't mm-hmm. think about it mm-hmm yeah, those are those people. I think maybe we should have one of those people on. An asexual person? Yeah, like I want to pick a brain. because I Do we know anyone who is asexual? Yeah, if y'all are, find DM us. us. You might not feel comfortable saying it in the and comments. And ask them if they would be okay with us. Yeah, and maybe even a polyamorous relationship. I do definitely know some people who are polyamorous. That would be willing to come on the podcast I and talk think, about it? I think, I think I could probably make a simple connection with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be cool. Yeah. Just to kind of get a better understanding and insight of, like, Because, like, when I first when I first was proposed that, I was like, no way. Get out right. of here. Like, whatever. And then I was like, Wait okay. Wait a minute. Not that I would do it, but I was like, let me learn about this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then the more, and I'm like, would I be able to do that? Right. And then also my question was, why couldn't I? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I be able to do that? And is that, and I've had a conversation um, with a friend of mine about... You have other friends? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) About um, why most people have issues in monogamous relationships are because they're insecure or they want to own, they want to have ownership of their partner. Yeah. Um, And then, so it was like, well, okay... If you get to a point where you're fully secure with yourself, you're fully secure with your partner, and you know you don't have ownership, like, listen, we could get married tomorrow. That doesn't guarantee that in... And I think that my naive young self thought, yeah, once you're in that monogamous relationship, once you're married, what's what you laughing at? Somebody's laughing at us. Oh. And it was funny. It's probably fake. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> once you're in that relationship, what was I saying? A monogamous relationship okay. or a polyamorous yeah. relationship? A monogamous. So for okay. me, my young brain was once you're married, once you're in that monogamous, that's it. Yeah. Like you're, you're safe, you're good, there's no ending it. Which is silly because I've had divorced parents, but yeah. that but was my idea. Idealization yeah. of it. I'm like, okay, that's, yeah. but it's not that. No. Even if both people, so another thing that's brought into it is, okay, well, if the person who you're with was shitty, right? That was like, of course, that's going to end. But it's even possible if they're a good human as well. Yeah. And you care about them still and they care about you. It just isn't working. Right. And that is a possibility. Well, people change mm-hmm. over time. And, you know, I think there's this uh, expectation that you are just going to grow and evolve with this one person. And obviously, us younger generations do not have the same um, affinity or... Uh, I guess I wouldn't say reverence because we do, you know, have that. But I think we just feel differently about it in a way that, like, just because you get a divorce or just because you separate in a relationship from someone does not mean that you're, like, going to go to hell. Right. You know, so I think there's a different idea about it now to where we are more like, well, we're both going in two completely different directions now. When we were younger and together or when we first got together, when our relationship was younger, uh, we were in much greater alignment. And then over time, we've grown, and you've seen that with, like, celebrities and stuff. They uncouple and, you know, whatever they do. I don't know. It's shit like that. But, um, uh, what is uncouple versus uncoupling. breaking I, up? I think that's if, they, if, like, they didn't, weren't actually married. Oh, okay. But they were a couple for a really long time, and then they uncouple, you know, which is the same. As but, breaking up. Uh, yeah, but I just think like calling it they might have children of, together or some kind of The process of, of ending a romantic relationship in a way that is respectful, compassionate, and mindful to bo- of both parties. Oh, I like that. Uncoupling. So, uh, yeah, I think breaking Conscious up. uncoupling. Yeah. Coined by relationship coach and author Catherine Woodward Thomas refers to the process. Wow, I never heard it like that. But that's what I want. I mean, not I don't want... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the relationship to end, but if it does, like you want it, it to does, be a conscious, a conscious, respectful, compassionate, mindful yeah. way. I think when we say like so and so got dumped or we're breaking mm-hmm. up, gives it a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like something was broken. Yeah. When all the time, not necessarily. Right. It it's not like broken. oh, this it one's like, lying and cheated. Right. It's, it was like, look, I want to go on a journey and do this, but it takes for me to be alone to do it. And I love you, and I want the best for you, and. You want what's best for me as well, right. but you don't want to come on this part of the right. trip. And I know if you did, you would be sacrificing right. what you truly want, so and then we're going to have resentment and all that. Mm-hmm. Conscious uncoupling. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because, you know, I've been in the single TikTok world where they're just like ghosting this, that, and the other, and so I've really had to like but try to re-up my right. algorithm. Because you're constantly, you're like in an echo chamber of that same, all those ideas, all mm-hmm. those kind of dating exit mm-hmm. strategies I think yeah to reconfigure your algorithm and maybe slip into something that is more um, positive about a relationship especially mm-hmm. if that's what you want is a positive yep. relationship I would that's why I've been I've stopped yeah. sharing the the little sassy memes I only do it to the DMs <laughs> to my friends <laughs> because it well yeah when you man when you when you are vibrating in a petty frequency yes. you are going to receive more petty yeah because that's where you that's are the, i truly believe that too yeah. and this one guy commented on my video because i was talking about how like 
you know, what you want to see is what you should speak. And he was like, that's not law of attraction. That's just observation. I was like, well, that's your perception. And then right. he was like, no. And I was like, that's your perception. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> and then he just stopped. I, like and I was like, listen, that is how you look at like, it, and that's fine. This is how I'm looking at it, and this yeah. is how I'm this, giving I'm, advice. I'm in my world, yeah. in my life, and you're in yours. That's another stay in your lane moment. Yeah. Like, eh. Jake, Jake loves that slogan, by the way. Stay he messaged lane, me. Jake. What did he said? Stay in something, and I, was, I, was, <laughs> I knew exactly what he was talking about. He sent me a cute message the other Good. day. Good. Okay. The next one, or the last one, is same-sex relationships, which I feel like are not as um, which that's what it says too while same sex relationships are becoming more widely accepted they still deviate from the heteronormative model that has historically been prevalent in many societies yeah and we'll so have uh, same sex relationships I think that same sex relationships can take any form just like heterosexual relationships including monogamy polyamory or open relationships and probably any of these other ones and so you know this is somewhere I would like to touch because we talked about this for a little bit before we got on Um, so you know you and I are in a same sex relationship we have been in this for like not an asexual relationship no not a romantic (laughs) yeah we're not in a romantic asexual and aromantic relationship right Mm -hmm. but we have we are deeply communicative with one another intimately intertwined Mm -hmm. our lives um, you know, like it's like you're my sister, mm-hmm. and I, your family's my family. My family's your family. So we have been in this relationship, almost like a, a soulmate relationship, for a really long time. So I think that you know, there's a perception that it always has to be some sort of romantic thing. But we, we talked about that they, they're not always about that. It's about having companionship and support, and someone who sees you and meets you where you are, and holds space for you, and everything is reciprocated there. So, but I, that's, I, the, that's the connection. Yes, the connection. Yeah. We're talking about connection now. Are we? Yeah. Doing, we're doing the love. Do you want to talk? Do about we need connection? to take a pausey pause? Oh, let me check. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Hold on. Yeah.